feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. We're a couple of space rangers lost in the galaxy looking for a place to call home. Or we're just a couple of Andes seeing a film that will influence us for the next, what, 25, 26, 30, 30, 30, almost, 30 almost 30 years, I think. I mean, right? Andy now probably has a house and a mortgage and his own kids. Yeah, 95 to 2025 would be 30 years, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe Andy's taking his kid to the reboot of yeah. Lightyear as we see. So this is this is this is your daddy's Lightyear then, I guess. <laughs> sure. Today we are reviewing Angus McLean's Lightyear, starring Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Son, James Brolin, Taika Waititi, uh, and more. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm good, Matt. I, as I was saying before uh, we were recording, I had uh, some family come over and we had a nice kind of uh, sushi uh, takeout meal. And so I nice. kind of hit this wall where it's like, I need to keep going because if I stop, I'll just literally like fall asleep. <laughs> so I apologize I if you. I'm a little you. lethargic in, in any way. No, I get you. I mean, I'm about to hop on a flight to Croatia. As you guys are listening to this, I've already landed. I'm there. I'm enjoying the Croatian sun. Um, so this I'll be broadcast is from for... the future. <laughs> um, I'll be gone for a few weeks, but we will still have some stuff dropping while I'm gone. Like light year, cha-cha real smooth spider head. Um, those all might be up right now as you're listening to this or dropping at various times. So you'll see those, those should be a new draft of the untitled movie podcast with Eric. And we also should have, uh, some interviews coming up. So keep an eye for light year and other things, uh, as well. Uh, Eric, let's get into it, man. I saw it this morning. You saw it a couple days ago. We both saw it in different formats, so that should be a fun thing to talk about. You saw it in AVX, yes, which is uh, our kind of premium format here. That's sort of like Dolby Cinema in the U.S. Not as good, but it's still the more premium format. I saw it in IMAX today, and what makes that special is that it's the first animated movie to open up its scope to the full one four one one uh like IMAX aspect ratio that you see in a lot of IMAX film movies, like a lot of Chris Nolan stuff and things like Mission that. Mission Impossible so, um, as well, right? Like Yeah, Ghost Protocol yeah. did that and and a couple other movies. Uh, lots of people have done it, but it's that full scope. And I'm not talking about Limax the, and the stuff that Marvel's doing where it kind of opens up the scope and gives you a little bit at the top and bottom to make it more of that, you know, 1.8. I think it's 1.9 is the is the other IMAX aspect ratio. This is the full scope, like almost square frame, giant IMAX screen. screen um, aspect but you were ratio, screaming so. because it was so intense. and It immersive. was cool, man. I can't wait to talk about it. But um, let's kick it off with you. You saw it a couple days ago. You've sat on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you've already kind of given people the pitch. This is the movie that Andy watched in 1995 that made him fall in love with Buzz Lightyear. And we'll get into that. But yeah, uh, it's about the man, not the toy, everyone. And it's just about Hence his adventures as a space ranger. Why Chris Evans is voicing mm. Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear and not yeah. Tim Allen. Because this is the toy an version. actor, yeah, an actor in the Toy Story universe. Because this is a live action movie in the Toy Story universe. So it's a movie within a movie. Um, it is the movie that Andy saw in the 90s, which we'll talk about that because I like how they kind of uh, go into that as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, take it away, Eric. Yeah, so this is something where 
I don't know how much I should even talk about when yeah. it comes to the plot because going into this, I didn't mm-hmm. really know anything about the the setup of this film and where the story takes place even and how it's kind of... Other than what I just said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and for the most part, I mean, it really is a single location movie. And when I mean location, it's planet movie. A planet, yeah. Um, and the storyline, I, I mentioned in my um, social media uh, reaction that it reminded me of this story from the 1970s um, a science fiction novel called uh, The Forever War uh, by mm-hmm. uh, Joe... Uh, Haldeman. And basically what that story is, is a guy or a group of people who kind of volunteer to join uh, the army because it's a Vietnam allegory because uh, Joe Haldeman um, was a Vietnam was in Vietnam. He was an American soldier. And so he was writing from his perspective, but in a science fiction sort of context. And so with that story, characters go from Earth in 1997 to a different planet to fight an alien race, but time um, sort of plays a critical factor. And so every time they come back from fighting these aliens, they're, you know, like 30 years into the future. And time displacement. Yeah. We've seen in other recent sci-fi movies. You mentioned Interstellar, Interstellar, you know, uh, Event Horizon, all the greats. Um, (laughs) Just in terms of how that plays a pivotal role in the first, I would say, 10 to 15 minutes of this movie setting up the character of Buzz Lightyear as being this kind of blowhard good old boy who, you know, follows the mission through to the end and is a perfectionist, but to the point where he's missing out on life. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Pushes his own people life. away, wants to do everything by himself. Yeah. yeah. And you see that in in or you hear that in, in Chris Evans' performance, but you see that in, in the animation as well. And I think obviously, you know, them hiring Chris Evans is obviously also a nod to Captain America being someone kind of out of time and trying to adapt to a world that they're unfamiliar with. And so totally, with that, yeah. it's him kind of working with those that are that don't have the experience that Buzz has. You know, like they're not even rookies, you know, when when he comes across Kiki Palmer's character or Taika Waititi and sort of, you know, having to train these basically green, you know, uh rough around the edges sort of new recruits. recruits. Yeah. And it's kind of funny seeing how, you know, these characters not only learn from one another, but like how it's it's a really good pause or it's a positive message in sort of how we basically are forgiving of ourselves and others for mistakes and mistakes don't necessarily have to be a bad thing. A mistake can actually lead to something good. Be a learning experience. Yeah. And not even a learning experience. It can actually be a positive thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I feel like a part of this story, you know, it's like, why would you want to go back and change things based on a mistake you made because if a mistake is actually something that helps people or that's true to that's your point, point also a learning experience yeah it's not something that's both, negative which it is in yeah. this movie right yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, the that's strongest aspect of and that's the pixar film. stuff in this because i also tweeted that i don't know if this movie necessarily has a you know the pixar magic or that emotional gut punch but what you're saying is the emotional core of the movie which does work i just don't think it maybe hits as hard as you know, recent Pixar or, or even up, cre- or, right? Like yeah, that's like the first ten minutes are, are up, basically. Yeah, in totally. A lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. And I not to start on a negative note because I actually really enjoyed the hell out of this movie, and I think it is best case scenario 
for a movie that is, you know, a movie within a movie based on a toy based on a Disney movie, right? And like we all made jokes about it. it's not it's about the man, not the toy. And you kind of poked fun at this movie of just being sort of a cash grab on the Toy Story universe. But then you saw those first trailers and you're like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Like it just looks like a sci-fi adventure movie or Pixar trying to do their big blockbuster sci-fi movie. And like we've gotten their version of a superhero movie with the Incredibles, but like and and we have seen them kind of expand into more creative and, and personal stories like in, in Turning Red recently. And um this doesn't feel like a cash grab at all. I do agree with you that those first, you know, that first act, that first 15 to 30 minutes of the movie, I think are are excellent. I think Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear is Buzz Lightyear Prime now. And I love the framing device of this is a movie Andy saw in 1995. And that plays throughout the movie, even with like much like in Star Wars, where all the tech feels like it's retro futuristic because it's still 1970s tech, but they make it try try and be futuristic. Like in this, I saw a lot of that. 90s aesthetic and the big blocky chunky plasticky things from all of the space controls all of the different things and while the movie looks super modern and if they had these you know special effects and cg back in 95 when andy saw this movie it would be i i can understand why it would be the greatest movie of all time to him uh because the movie looks gorgeous and but it, you still have that 90s aesthetic and then it's just kind of like a fun sci-fi adventure movie it's pretty straight it is like there is some cool elements with the time dilation and, and things that they bring into it, which I don't want to go too deep into because like it goes to some places that I was actually genuinely surprised it went in that first act and even in the last act. Um, I thought the comedy hit. I really liked Socks the Cat. It's cheap. It's an adorable animal robot thing that says funny stuff and does funny random things that I'm like you know what that's what you need in a, in a kids movie in a Pixar movie and I thought socks was great um and I just love the idea of of going back to this is the movie that Andy saw and we talked about it offline and you said this and you nailed it of being like if I was 10 years old like how old Andy was when he saw this this would be in my favorite movie it would be incredible and that's why i think this movie just checks all the boxes it does exactly what it sets out to do and i just love that idea of even some of the meta stuff of chris evans being um buzz lightyear of him being you know the man the actor the live action person in the toy story universe that's playing this and then this movie got made into one of those saturday morning cartoons where they couldn't get the actor that played Buzz Lightyear. So they got someone else to do the voice on the cartoon, which is Tim Allen to do the cartoon voice, which is then the toy is based off of. And I just think that that's fantastic. And then there are little nods to the Buzz Lightyear uh, from the Toy Story universe, even in his mannerisms. And, you know, obviously they're going to hit all the boxes as well when it comes to the things Buzz is known for in the Toy Story universe. But I feel like there was a huge attention to detail if you are a huge fan of those four movies and of that character. And I think it just worked really organically in this movie and it didn't feel as cheap as it sounded when they announced it. And it ends up just being a really, really fun sci-fi family adventure movie. I compared it to Interstellar, Ad Astra a little bit. I mean, it's not obviously as as quiet and, and introspective as, as Ad Astra and, and, and it's more straightforward action. You know, it's a family movie, but there are elements there and just modern sci-fi. And I think, and classic sci-fi and the IMAX footage, I'll, I'll go back to you in a sec, Eric, but like 
this movie in that full scope IMAX is like it, it space movies are perfect for this. I went and saw Interstellar at the um at the uh, uh Cinesphere a couple years back and I felt like it hit so that movie gets better each time I watch it and the IMAX footage in that movie this is obviously what they're you know why they did something like this of going like hey we could animate this in an IMAX format like the quality's already there when you get uh, the animation from Pixar and you know it's not going to change when it comes to shooting on IMAX film like the animation is the animation you render it at the highest quality you can possibly show so it doesn't matter what the aspect ratio is but the movie so organically switches from the you know 239 widescreen format to that full scope IMAX and like it's basically any time you go into Buzz's ship or you go out into space or an action sequence starts the movie kind of like it buzzes zipping into hyperspeed or if some sort of thing blows up the scope like it's not as jarring as like in Chris Nolan's movies where it switches so often from dialogue to big action sequence to dialogue to big action and i feel like in nolan stuff it can get a little like distracting even though the imax footage looks incredible where this does a really really good job at switching and leaving you in that imax aspect ratio for a good chunk of an action sequence and then when it goes back it it makes sense when he's either coming back into the atmosphere into earth or it's a quieter scene or something like that. And there's like 40 minutes of IMAX footage. And I just say like, if you can make it out to a real IMAX theater, and if you guys aren't like super familiar of the differences, there's like Limax, which is basically a digital IMAX theater, which is just kind of like a slightly bigger normal screen at your movie theater that they just call IMAX and you know if you go see the Marvel movies there instead of being the 239 widescreen they'll give you kind of a full frame thing where they add a little bit of space at the top and bottom but real IMAX are the ones that are like fucking gigantic stories high and they usually have IMAX laser projectors or film projectors so you can find a list of them like on Wikipedia and stuff and usually they're only in like major cities <coughs> excuse me um, but if you can make your way to one, I think like, and it's, it's so worth it. Like, I think it's, it's awesome in IMAX. And if I was a, a kid or even me as a 33 year old man, like I was just like, holy shit, this looks great. And it was so nice to see a Pixar movie on the big screen again. Yeah. I, I, one scene I, I was thinking about while, while watching the AVX version, that I was thinking, oh man, this would be so much more effective in in IMAX. Is there's a character in this movie that is afraid of space and a yeah. sequence where they have to yeah. cross into mm -hmm. that's an IMAX. Yeah, yeah, and that scene again. I'm being cryptic because I don't want to give away too much. But in terms of how that plays out, if you ever have a fear or phobia of like staring into the abyss and into nothingness, you know, a lot of movies do this and kind of play with the gimmick especially with you know large formats with you know movies like everest or um mm -hmm. even 47 meters down where you have a character either looking up or staring down and seeing just nothing and just being completely just like yeah. a bottomless pit and like that really works quite well when you're watching it on an imax screen and i can only imagine how much more effective it was watching it that way yeah, I do think it like elevated the movie a little bit because like I, I do I really, really liked the movie, but I feel like if I would have seen it on a 
normal screen, I feel like my rating might have gone down a little bit. Like, I still think the movie's like thoroughly enjoyable. And I think a really solid sci fi adventure family movie that I would suggest to any parent to take their young kids, or there's nothing in here that's too scary, or, you know, it's still very much a Pixar movie. You might not have that like, fucking gut punch that you want to ball your eyes out or you or you might not go this is the most creative thing ever but there are those nuggets in there because it's still a pixar movie and it's still like incredibly well made it's beautiful to look at and it was just so nice seeing that logo again in a theater because we just haven't had that in three plus years right yeah and especially you know like we both really liked you mentioned turning red but also soul quite a bit and it kind of felt like you know, a, a, a bit of a disappointment not seeing those movies in the theater because they were some of the better Pixar movies in the last five or six years. And just considering like the animation style, but also how abstract something like Soul is as well and sort of how it plays with the visual medium and breaks it up. And with Maybe the, the music, right? Yeah. With this, I, I again, like I, I like the movie quite a bit. I, I would say my biggest criticism is going into this is it being a Pixar movie and you kind of Mm -hmm. putting a higher standard on a film that is generally good. Like if this was a DreamWorks movie or if this was a Sony, you know, animation film, I feel like people would probably like it even more because the expectations maybe, maybe now Sony is starting to kind of really build certain expectations because of Spider-Verse and the uh, the Mitchells versus the machines. But yeah. there's something with Pixar where even now that Pixar doesn't have, you know, the perfect track record that it once had, but you still go in expecting you know, a work of art from this animation studio working, you know, with Disney. And so when you go and see this and see a kind of fairly conventional science fiction popcorn movie, that's great for, for kids, especially that is a great introduction to science fiction for younger kids. You're going to be maybe disappointed that it doesn't really kind of have the same weight or gravitas that the toy story movies do, you know, and, and, and that is going to kind of, dampen the experience a little bit especially when you're comparing it to the two the other nitpick i have um which again is just a nitpick but like this is kind of a retconning thing as well watching this movie and thinking from the point of view of a kid like you know you mentioned like if we'd seen this as a kid or like even yeah. you know vhs's that we had when we were younger like something like teenage mutant ninja turtles or or, or batman 89 where sure. we became obsessed with those movies and watched them over and over again and wanted the action figures and all the memorabilia that came with it the one thing that kind of doesn't work with this kind of being framed as the movie that andy saw in 95 is that there's no toy or reference of sock because i feel sock would be even a bigger deal socks socks yeah yeah Yeah, socks would be an even bigger deal than buzz lightyear in the same way that like when you watch guardians of the galaxy you know everybody wanted a baby groot action figure or baby yoda yeah i get what you're saying because socks will be that in this movie yes like and if this was released in 95 it kind of would feel like Andy would and not want even that. to ge- not even to gender it, but even Andy's sister yeah. would want that or something too, right? If Andy wanted the cool Space Ranger, and maybe Socks was too kiddy for him, if he wanted to be ah, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> and then uh, maybe Andy's sister would have wanted it or something like that too. Yeah. And we're not we're not saying like Socks couldn't have existed because maybe Andy just 
he was one of those kids that wanted to be cool and was like, I don't like socks. I like, butts. but who doesn't love and a talking like, animated? No, he's dope. Socks is great. There are a couple moments and they play into the robotic nature, like the AI nature and the cat nature, like yeah. perfectly. And I just feel like the blending of those two things is, is fantastic. Like there, and I haven't heard like an audible laughter at, there's a specific moment uh, early in the movie that happens. I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about, Eric, but like it's a, a jarring thing that I wasn't expecting from Socks and it got like an audible laughter throughout the whole theater. And I haven't experienced that in a little while because our critic screenings can be, you know, a little bit more. Critics are reserved. dead inside. And don't yeah, have a little any bit. Feeling, so, yeah. A little bit. So like hearing a, a, an IMAX theater, which is quite large, and hearing the whole crowd kind of laugh at something. I was like, oh, that's so lovely. Like, I, I I missed that, right? Because a lot of the times it would just be Nevis and I or me or you watching them together, all three of us watching it together. And I'm that was a special experience watching Soul with you guys during the um, award season a couple of years ago. But, like, it, again, going back to it, I, I at that moment and that socks is just – it's so it's so easy, right? It's just yeah. like, oh, cute animal is going to do funny things. He's going to be the comic relief in the movie. Well, even with Captain um, Marvel, right? Like that yeah. comparison with I mean, Goose, Goose yeah. right? It's exactly that, right? And it's just – it's, it's easy, but it completely works. I think socks is hilarious and, like – I don't know if all of the comedy works. Like uh, I would say Taika Waititi's character was yeah. hit or miss for me. Like I, I, I didn't love it. And like the payoff is kind of cute and things like that with his character. But like um, that joke, I liked him being like a bumbling, scared kind of guy, but I just don't know if it all completely worked. Like that's the one thing I will say, like that team, I like uh, Kiki Palmer's character, but like, the other bunch of the crew, like uh, I, which is Tyka's character, and is it who's the woman who plays the? Is it? Uh, oh God, um, the older woman who plays. Yeah, we uh, just uh, watched this, so uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Dale da- Souls. Dale Souls. Okay. Yeah, it's Darby. Um, yeah. So Darby and Mo, the other team members, I'm like, this doesn't always work for me. Like they're fine, they're serviceable, but I don't know if like. I'm I'm excited to see more of them if we get more from the Lightyear universe. Yeah, they're kind um, of like classic like Disney sidekick yeah. characters that are basically one note and are there probably to also entertain the younger kids with totally. their antics, you know, and and kind of yes. being bumbling kind of but also um you know heroic in their own ways. And yeah, I totally agree with you like I think Hathorn um works well especially with who she is and how she kind mm-hmm. of has a connection to Buzz, even though it's not a direct connection. Yeah. Um, I think one of the funnier, weirder jokes in this movie that actually is kind of great. Did you, did you love Derek or no? Well, I did. I did. I mean, I kind of felt like I, I was being, I felt like I was being attacked yeah. a little bit by that. Um, you know, it's the, an it's Eric robot, eraser. I, it's an idiot robot named, it was Eric, but he wrote a D and now he's just Derek. Yeah. Cause at the beginning you see the, the Eric version yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. monitoring the situation and then you see the Derek one. Um, but what is interesting is, or what is funny or, or a moment that I thought was genuinely kind of weird and funny for like a Disney Pixar film is there's a moment where, you know, they're taking a break um, in this mining facility and, they're eating a wet sandwich. Oh, yeah, and I so thought that wet. like, I love the animation of that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, like not to give it completely away. It's just a meat sandwich, but it's very wet. Yeah. And it's just like, the visual is so like, it, you can just, even the sound, 
Yeah, it's it was fantastic. That is a very funny bit. Um, and even the conversation that's uh, like comes out of that is really, really funny. Um, but the animation on that sandwich is just the ham that they got, the ham animation, whoever yeah. worked on that. Just the just, just even the, the shine wet, the that was wettest coming ham, off of it. The wettest ham, dude. When when Buzz puts it down on the dirty ass table and then eats it, it again, again yeah. I'm like, and they don't. It's not like a. I'm not ruining anything. It's no. not meant to be a joke or anything. It's the just, joke is that it's it, it's, it's like, the way that people a, eat sandwiches yeah, now, and that's yeah, about it. Is different. Yeah. <laughs> and, but when he put, they're in some like abandoned mining facility, and he just puts this wet ass sandwich down. Probably on the really table dusty, and then like casually picks it up and eats it. I'm like. Buzz, Jesus Christ! All right, I'm like, I'm like Buzz will eat anything, dude. He's a hungry. He's um, a hungry boy. Um, yeah, no, it, it like that kind of is weirdly subversive in a movie like this, and it's just something that kind of feels like you could see like in a Tim and Eric sketch, and not just in you know like mm-hmm. a, a family animated film. Um, there is a, a, an interesting aspect as well that I, maybe there is some social commentary. Or I'm just looking into it too much, but the idea of the base that buzz establishes and is in and is kind of wanting to help um basically creates this laser grid you know this this kind of laser shield laser man. shield and it almost kind of plays like a way because it's protecting this base from everything outside because the the hostility There's like some sentient uh foliage that is yeah and you could look at that as almost like a gated community kind of thing as well and i think that like the idea of like keeping everything from coming in but also you know just like from escaping as well and just being completely insular and inside a bubble to the point where yeah. you're just afraid to leave your comfort zone for any reason whatsoever I think that's definitely there yeah. right because i feel like that's what buzz's whole journey on no i mean not necessarily he just wants it to go back to what it was but um yeah i, I can see a little bit of that i don't know if that's even intentional but maybe um um I like that interpretation. Um, I will say I liked the, uh, I liked Emperor Zerg in this. Like I thought, like I was wondering how they would, you know, incorporate that character. And I, um, I'm very kind of surprised at where they take it. And I think it, it's really kind of interesting and cool. Um, it, it, you know, playing on some sci-fi tropes and different things like that. But I really kind of like where that character goes. I think James Brolin does a great job there too. Um, I thought at first it was J.K. Simmons when I first heard him. I was which like, would be great too. Is that but... J.K. Simmons? And then it was like, I, I, I literally stayed for the end credits to see to who that make was. Sure who it was. And usually you're pretty good at that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And 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 J.K. Simmons also has a very distinct voice, but yeah. they do kind of modify it for what they're using him for. But it's it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it is interesting when you think of like Toy Story two and the action figure version of zerg for that where like he has this long cape and you know the the gun like i remember having one of the toys for for him yeah. and thinking like oh like it's it, again it's interesting how they sort of deconstruct the toy or the toy deconstructed the film whatever way you want to look at it and then see the original versus you know the the, the toy how version. it was interpreted into this cartoon which was then interpreted into these toys. which happens a lot when it comes to you know <laughs> memorabilia and 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 toys where like the action figure version of a movie or cartoon series is never com- like 
completely accurate like if you want yeah. like a, a a museum quality version no, um, you, you have to get like collect- hundreds of dollars on the sideshow yeah. collectible thing yeah and even like if you're a hardcore you know if you love the toy story movies i think there are a ton of nods there not only to buzz but to you know well, we mentioned um, ham Zerg. already yeah <laughs> yeah that could be you never know jesus um uh to zerg even like and even the zerg stuff from the buzz light from buzz lightyear's relationship in the toy story um movies i feel like you know that's playing on star wars it's playing on a bunch of different things but there are nods to all of that stuff and i think where they take it it's even going back to where you where what you were talking about of like the cartoon version of a movie would maybe you know, if this was a movie that was that kind of middle ground where it could be for adults and kids in the Toy Story universe, because some of the themes I think are a little bit more adult or where it takes different characters, even though it's very much a kids movie, um, they could dumb that down or not dumb it down, but make it a little bit more simple in the cartoon, which is where you get some of the, you know, references to Star Wars and different things for Zerg and Buzz Lightyear. And they play on those in this movie, which I thought were interesting and then take it into some really kind of cool areas um but yeah then the action is great and the movie is gorgeous man like i i really going back to that imax footage like eric even if it's a movie you don't necessarily need to go see again like if you have a chance to see it in imax like it's definitely worth it and i'm sure it'll come to cinesphere at some point or something like that because it is one of those movies that i feel like is in that upper echelon of like stuff you should go try to see in imax if you could and i don't like a lot of things now are just enhanced for IMAX. Like I don't love all the Marvel open scope aspect ratio. I just feel like it's kind of a marketing gimmick. Like if you go and look at those movies, they are framed for 239 because like it's just a little bit of extra space at the top of people's heads and a little bit more of their legs. <laughs> and like that's kind of what the Marvel movies get you. And you sure it fits the screen better. It's It goes to the like – widescreen versus full screen on vhs kind of thing right like or dvd and uh but with stuff that has that full scope imax like sure it's not always worth it like you could get a hunger games or even though in hunger games it's still like when it happens it's like still jarring because like those screens are fucking huge dude and when you first go in and you just space movies are so perfect for it because it's just like a black screen with stars and you're just then the ship appears in the middle and it just looks awesome but then like the whole opening sequence so it starts in imax like um the whole it's got like an imax prologue which i'm surprised they didn't put with something like i would i thought that would have been i don't know like uh i guess dr strange wouldn't have really made sense i'm trying to think of what other disney movie but like to me that whole opening five to 10 minutes is in IMAX. And I feel like you could have played that before something to show people like, Hey, this is the first ever animated movie that we're doing this with. And um, I can't say enough good things, but uh, yeah, I, I think we could go more, but it, it's hard to talk about this movie without uh, going into the plot details. Cause I feel like a lot of that was a pleasant surprise to me too. Like I knew a little bit of the plot, but to Eric's point, like, I think it's best to just go in oh it's a buzz Lightyear movie and that's where your expectations are yeah even if you've seen that animated series that kind of spun off and was its own thing like i don't even know if it's canon um in 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 this the animated series we got yes so i interpreted that maybe that's the animated series that andy watched right? right And then this is the movie he watched. Yeah, so right? the movie that came first and then maybe the animated series. Yes, that's how I interpret yeah. it is that 
The, so be like, like Batman a, 89 and then yes. Batman the series in like yeah. the early 90s. Or anything like that. Yeah. Like any of those movies that came out in the 90s and 80s that got like a kid's cartoon afterwards. Like Rambo. Mornings. Yeah. Did Rambo get a kid's it cartoon? It did. It sure did. <laughs> Didn't Robocop as well? Uh, like... Maybe. I know they made action figures <laughs> for kids, which I always find like, the funniest that, when... That's the best. Like in yeah. the 80s Terminator and early 90s, like... Alien, Aliens, it's like R-rated like franchises or IP. Because they knew it... dads and moms were letting their kids watch this shit yeah. really early. Or even if they, they didn't, should. you know, like the toys were still cool cool right and it's almost like the the, the parents are and living one day you'll, through you'll the be kids. allowed to see yeah yeah you give it to your kid and be like one day you can watch this movie but here's a cool looking alien like just decide like i remember as like i think it was like six or seven my dad brought home three uh alien queens for connor xenomorph, kyle and i xenomorph queens, yeah, yeah yeah the, the the queens from aliens and we hadn't seen aliens yet but the, he gave us these horrific you know hr geiger looking yeah. creatures and, and, and it was great like i loved weird monsters and stuff like that but i was looking at this and i was like i didn't have any reference or context to it and then like when you think back at something like that you're like man that was really weird <laughs> dude i remember going to it was either disney world or um i think it was disney world they used to have this ride and i don't know if it was a xenomorph or if it was based off of a xenomorph but there was this ride it always remind i always thought it was a xenomorph like it was related to the alien movies and it's this ride where you go in you sit in the audience a scientist comes out and then a tube in the middle with water oh yeah you showed me like, footage of this on um, youtube the one that yeah you and i i i don't know if it's exactly like aliens branded but like i remember that scaring the shit out of me as a kid and it it always connected to this the alien movies yeah to me and then always made me have an interest in them and then finally i would watch them when i got a little bit older but i remember that ride just scaring the absolute shit out of me because basically they would pretend the glass broke and you would see feel it running around the room and breathing on your neck and stuff like that it was really really cool but and this yeah. also has a couple references especially in the opening sequence introducing yeah, buzz i like the little movies bugs. like alien <clears throat> and aliens and 2001 a space odyssey and all that kind totally. of stuff it's a love letter to kind of sci-fi movies and, and and things like that and i think it it works completely as like a good sci-fi movie and then um i'm gonna give the movie a four out of five i could maybe even go higher on a rewatch if it holds up but like um my only complaints really is that like i never once other than that first act there's a really wonderful moment like about a third of the way through the movie that is purely pixar that i think really works and i'm like oh man i am getting choked up earlier than i expected in this movie but then it kind of plays out as a pretty standard sci-fi movie after that and then some of the team members i didn't love or don't think that the comedy worked but overall really solid family movie really solid sci-fi movie go see it in imax if you can uh, i'm gonna give it a four out of five yeah see i'm somewhere between a three and a half and a four i really liked a lot of elements of it and i was pleasantly surprised with the story as a whole not necessarily yeah. the plot but like what the story was because again i didn't really know anything going into this other than it was a buzz lightyear the man not the toy <laughs> yeah. uh sort of you know the the man behind the toy uh movie um but again like it kind of feels like if i had seen this in imax i would be i feel like you would be at the four, four level I, and also yeah. i really love turning red and like again this is this is one of those things where like 
this movie, if it wasn't a Pixar film, I feel like I would be even more yeah. um, positive with it. But because I, that's I'm almost where I'm at. That. I might have given it a 4.5 if it wasn't Pixar. But yeah. part of me is like, man, I wanted to cry. I wanted to be like, holy shit, this is incredibly creative or something like that. But like, it's also okay to make a good popcorn movie. Exactly. Too, right? It doesn't, like, not, yeah. not every film has to be a 10 out of 10, you know, ballpark, you know, success yeah kind of story like it can also just be pure entertainment and it kind of feels like this is pixar kind of doing their marvel or star wars movie and saying hey you know what we're having fun too and you know this is the this is the one movie where you know we're, we're letting our hair down and just having a good time and 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 we hope that you do too and we'll return to you know the uh, the more emotionally gripping and powerful and profound movies. I mean, we just, they just gave us one with turning red, which is um, again, like the more I think about the movie, that movie, the more great, I yeah. love it. Um, and again, like that, that's another thing that I was just kept thinking while watching Lightyear is that, man, I really wanted to see turning red in the theater. I know. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half, even though I do really like the movie. And if I do see it again, I, if I see it in IMAX, especially I could bump it up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a much better movie than I was thinking it would, would be. It, it, it's like, it's not Luca. It's not, you know, cars <laughs> or cars or anything yeah. like that. Is it as good as the toy story quadrilogy? It comes close to toy story Four, like maybe on par there, but like very different movies. Yeah. But, yeah. but apples and oranges, but again, like that's another thing where it's hard not to compare them because it is it's all from the same studio. Yeah. Same. I mean, same franchise. Right. So yeah, if you're going to rank the toy story movies, you got to put Lightyear in there now. Right. Even if they are completely different. And Rakakuni, so. Right. So, <clears throat> yep. I've been wanting to do a Pixar rewatch for a while and I'm going to do it soon, but, um, I just I always start and then I something comes in the way and I have to watch some other stupid thing we have to watch and then I never get around to it. But I want we should also like, reiterate that this is theatrical only. Um, yeah, this no is Disney not Plus. going to be on I mean, Disney it, Plus. It will be on Disney days. Plus. Yeah, but it not seems right like forty seven days is the the time that Doctor Strange was in theaters to when it's coming to Disney Plus at the end of June. June twenty so, second. Yeah. Uh, if you really don't want to go to a theater, you wait forty something days now. I really suggest that you do, and I see why Pixar was like, "All right, this is going to be a return to theaters." I mean, I would have loved to see Soul and 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 Turning Red in a theater too, but this being an action movie and you know popcorn movie, it made sense to be in theaters. So I'm just glad to see that Pixar's back in theaters, and I hope that. You know, I'm assuming it will alternate between Disney Plus and theaters. Like, I really don't think that this means every Pixar movie moving forward is going to be in theaters. That's just the, the unfortunate truth. And they want stuff for Disney Plus and Pixar is a big probably driver of that stuff. And I feel like depending on the movie and how they feel like the box office or the content in the movie of being like, does this need to be a theater movie or can this be a Disney plus? I still feel like they're going to alternate, but I hope everything's in theaters moving forward. Even if you get a shorter window, but do we know what the next Pixar <laughs> film is? It's a great question. I'm going to, I'm on the light year page right now. So before we, because there's always like the, 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 one of the Easter eggs is there's always a reference to the next right. film, right? There are, I will say not spoiling anything. There are three post-credit scenes for everyone. So like, don't leave until literally the Walt Disney and Pixar logos. Don't even leave then there's something after that. So there are three different, um, 
post credit scenes. I mean, I, you can leave. They're not, I, but I would stay. You can stay for all. Three. Especially if the if like say if you take your family and your kids are really loving it and, and they, they want to see. Yeah. So upcoming movies, uh, we have Elemental is the next one, right? Which is directed by Peter Son, who, who voices Socks. Sox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is on June 16th, 2023. And then two untitled films in 2024. So only one Pixar movie next year. Because we've been in that like two per year for a while, right? Yeah. And then uh, maybe because of COVID and stuff. And Elemental, didn't we get like a little sneak peek at it? Recently, I think we got like? some like first like uh, production stills or like designs where it kind of actually, I'm starting to remember it now where it did almost look like soul or, or inside out. Yes, it does look like a mix of soul and inside out. You have one water dude walking with a fire woman. Um, and yeah, so we should be getting that next year, hoping it goes to theaters and not Disney plus. Um, but yeah, very cool. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. We should have some interviews up uh, for Lightyear uh, with all local kind of um, ca- Canadian and GTA kind of alum who have worked on not they're not alum from Canada, but like <laughs> Canada's you know, alum. Um, <laughs> they are all Canadians that worked on Lightyear. Eric's doing those interviews, so those should be up for you guys either. Uh, in the next couple days or so, if you're listening to this right on embargo, but the week leading up to Lightyear's release, we should have three interviews up, which should be really, really cool. So check those out. Uh, we have a new draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast you guys should check out. I don't know what we're going to talk about because we haven't recorded it yet, but it should be out for you now-ish. Um, as well as a review for Spiderhead. Uh, and Cha-Cha Real Smooth should be either out now or soon. Sorry, we're recording these pretty early because I'm leaving on my trip, so I don't know exactly when things are dropping. So We're both ahead check. and also weirdly yeah. behind because yeah. like, when Matt gets back, I'm sure we'll be what reviewing. July, Thor will probably be yeah. the first thing that we review when we get back and then maybe catch up with some things if we feel up for it, but we'll probably be way behind at that point. Like we won't be, unfortunately, we won't have a review for uh jurassic world um i mean i don't even have a review over i know so we can't i mean stay tuned eric and i will probably tweet our thoughts about that movie i'll see it when i'm in croatia and eric will see it sometime this weekend but um you know just head head over to letterbox is untitled underscore movies all of that stuff's there maybe when eric and i see jurassic world i'll just mesh our reviews into a letterbox review or something like that or but, splice it together um, like a new hybrid dinosaur yeah. that wants to see the world burn like the joker god damn it uh thanks everyone uh, as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on Rogers TV uh, slash Cinema Scene and uh, also on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. To infinity and beyond. Beyond. They touch fingers in the movie. Everyone. That's Wet meat there. sandwiches. You didn't, you didn't put your finger up. Wet meat sandwiches. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>